Mojo. Um, so who am I basically? I'm a 30 years old DJ and producer, also label owner that we're going to talk about uh, later, I believe. And uh, I'm born and raised in Nice, south of France. And uh, let's say that I had the luck to start being into music industry and DJ. Uh, I started when I was 14 years old and it's like almost 15 years old that I'm doing this. And uh, Well, it's a quite happy, happy life, let's say. <laughs> in a lot of my tracks, in a lot of music that I do, um, I'm always inspired by TV shows or movies from my childhood, big time, you know, because I used to watch a lot, a lot, a lot of movies and stuff. I've always been amazed by, by the 90s, 2000 generation that we had, you know. And uh, yeah, huge fan of Austin Powers, and I like the idea behind the mojo, like you have it or you don't have it and stuff, you know, I like the, and I like the, the name, I like the sound of it, you know, mojo. So at the beginning, the first name was Mojo, M-O, with like kind of a Scandinavian accent, you know, and J-O, that was the first name. Um, but the, 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 the whole point behind is Mojo as we, we're speaking now. And that's why after I changed and I put like a double O, so there's no one except me who got the name like that. But the funny part is that it depends where you go in the world. They pronounce it differently. So it's funny. Like in the U.S. they say Mojo, you know, like for the cow and stuff. So it, but it's quite funny. But this is where it comes from. So I started DJing when I was 14 years old. Uh, so obviously not allowed to do that in clubs and stuff, but I was already doing it in like small bars from my town and something like that, you know. Um, I learned with like some older dudes and me who show me, I, I was like next to them, looking at the way they play, the way they use the decks and stuff. And then with time, I could practice on my own when they let me do it, you know. But... Um, I stopped school at 16 to fully live my dream and work into music industry. I wasn't seeing myself at school like so far, you know, I was kind of those kiddos who are bored at school. You know, you're not the stupid one, but you're bored. You're feeling like this is not your spot. You, you, you belong somewhere else or to do something else. You know, we're all different for that. And this is how I was uh, feeling at that time. So at 16, I stopped school. It was a huge drama with my parents, as you can imagine, but especially that my big brother and my big sister are kind of people who did like big studies, you know. So I was kind of the alien of the family, you know. <laughs> But, um, I chose that and I was saying to my family that I'm going to show you guys that uh, what I want to do, it's what I think I belong, you know. And uh, this is where I think I'm good at and this is my passion. So at the beginning, I did some small shitty jobs to pay for my first materials and stuff. And time to time, I had the luck to grow and evolve um, to better places, better events, etc., etc. But yeah, it's always been my job and my work. And I've always been into music industry since now, like, yeah, 15 years old. 
well, I still have the vinyl. My first album who amazed me was Daft Punk, you know. So Daft Punk was like next level, and it's still next level. It's still futuristic stuff coming from uh, ages. But um, yeah, I wasn't too much related to the French DJ scene, let's say, you know. I wasn't really, um, I was amazed by what they were doing everywhere in the world and stuff, but I wasn't really amazed by the music. I'm not saying it's not good, huh? it's just that wasn't something that made me go crazy. I was more fun uh, later when I was like 15, 16 about the Swedish House Mafia. I was a huge fan. You know, I was a really huge fan because I don't know, I really love what they were doing and stuff. So that's why the the rest of the story is even more interesting. I was checking my uh, Instagram DMs and I don't know, I saw that I was like, I don't know, maybe 200 messages or something and I was, okay, maybe I should like delayed some of them and uh, check what what's on it. Well, there was a lot of messages from many different people. In the middle of that, there was a guy with a Swedish name that I, I was like, hmm, I saw that name somewhere. I know I know the dude. I don't know him personally, but I think I know him from somewhere. And the guy literally texted me, hey, I'm uh, the manager of uh, the Swedish House Mafia. They love what you do. They played a couple of your tracks in Coachella and somewhere else. Um, the boys will be really interested to uh, work with you for a remix of the latest album. Would you be interested? And everything started from there, from uh, Instagram DM message. It's, it's crazy. So they first of all proposed me another track from the album. And then I listened to the full album that I didn't know. And the first track that I heard was the Moth to a Flame original version. And I was like... This is the one, man. We need to remix the weekend. Like it can happen, maybe only, only one once in your life, or maybe never. You know, the manager told me like, so which track do you think you can do something? We want you for even takes you home. That's another remix that I did for them. That was the first proposal, and I said I think I can do something good on even takes you home, and um, move to a flame. They already had remixes from other artists. From off to a flame, apparently didn't work that much. But the guy told me, let me ask the Swedish House Mafia, maybe they still want a remix of it. And the guy said, yes, like, let him try, because I think he's going to do something cool. So I was super amazed by it. They sent me the, the parts, and, and there we go. What I'm looking into in DJ is kind of what I'm trying to do for myself because it's my taste, but that doesn't mean I'm right 100%. There's so many other style or strategy, but we need, and when I say we, it's like I'm talking for everyone. We need uh, people, like you need a DJ who looks like he's really enjoying what he's doing, you know? I'm going to be a bit hard on that one, but... That's why I'm, I know I have, um, let's say, I'm, I'm difficult. And me, what I like when I see some profile, whatever it's live or someone that I, sh I see a video or something, is someone who's truly living what he's giving to the people, you know, because when you have that connection, that feeling with the crowd, whatever it's 50 people or 50,000, that's the same, you know. That's why I'm looking into a DJ, a guy who brings 
an energy and a connection with the crowd more than like a pure talent or something and for me you can have a dj who are like not technically amazing but if the guy have the right attitude or the girl i'm sorry the right energy um the right playlist also but maybe the technical stuff is not an amazing while i prefer 100 someone like that than someone opposite who are like super technical but like i don't know you know you don't have any connection you feel a bit like some cold attitude and stuff this is not my vibe music is all about sharing and it's all about good vibes whatever style you do you know the people i think with new generation social media and stuff people always forget the first rule dj is here to make the people dance and having fun you know whatever style of the music that you play i'm sorry to say it because it's connected to what we was talking about about those kind of mysterious dude and stuff but whatever the music you play even if it's dark or not you're here to make people dance and people happy This is the first number one rule. It's like football, they're here to score and win, you know? But DJ, that is his thing. You're here to make people happy, having a good time, and dance or whatever. You got the point. This is the, this is the first rule. And when you see someone who understands that as his priority, this is what I'm looking into a DJ. Well, it's too totally opposite uh, stuff totally opposite stuff and uh, that's why i said a bit earlier i'm so happy that i started as a dj and learned to produce later because i believe that it gives me uh, a strong experience you know with clubs crowd dance floor that when you produce you have another approach you know that there's so many newcomers or young artists or not even young that used to be producer before being a DJ. And I believe that in that way, it's more hard to have the right vision, you know, because you don't have the, that experience. You didn't play front of not so many or, or many people. So you don't really have the, the, the thing about the, the reaction, of the people, you know? So that means that you're creating something in the studio, but you never really played front of a proper crowd. So how, come do you, how come you know that this is gonna work, you know? Because you don't have the experience about it. And I believe that I was quite lucky to learn how to be a DJ before being a producer. And it gave me a lot of trust in my, in my craft, you know? And it was so interesting to, to work with people in studio that are like, I'm not shy to say it like much talent, much more talented than me, you know, but they had the talent, but there was missing the experience that I was just saying, you know, so they say they do like crazy things in the studio, but every time it was missing the, the small things in which part of the tracks that you have, because you know that if you put that at that moment, the crowd is going to go wild or the people are going to whistle or what you, you got my, my, my point. So it's two, two, two different things. I'm having so much fun in the studio as a producer, whatever I'm producing alone or with my brother. His name is Arthur. We're going to talk about him later. Um, and DJ, yeah, it's a lot of fun too because you have what we said earlier, this connection with the crowd. You're trying your own 
tracks and to be honest the feeling when you play a track that you produce that people sing because they know and they enjoy it and dance on it that feeling is totally insane you know something that comes out of your mind or your small rooms or studio or whatever and make like a thousand of people dancing it's crazy too when, when you think about it you're getting out of the box it's crazy so i will say 50 50 if i i cannot choose between like what i prefer because it's totally different but both are totally insane So Desperado is quite a funny story because it was during COVID when uh, everything was closed and uh, it all started from old vinyls of a friend from his dad or something. I was uh, in my apartment, where am I right now, with Demaya, my, my friend, and we, we was trying to do like a remix or an edit of that track of the vinyl. I forgot the name. It's an old track. We tried something... I wasn't fan about it. Demaya liked it, but I wasn't fan about it. And one day I opened again the, the project and I delayed everything. I kept only the baseline, which was the baseline that we know from Desperado. That is for me the most catchy part of the of the track. Is that kind of boom 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 boom. And when I heard that, I was like, wait, I didn't like the track, but this this is strong. This is nasty. This there is something like catchy and stuff. And from that, started to work on a groove with some drums that our friends Arcadian, the, the live band, sent us. I found like a plug-in of trumpet, but totally randomly because I didn't do any trumpet tracks before that, you know. It, it came like that. And at that time, I'm proud to say that there wasn't any Afro house track or Latin house or whatever you call that that used to have trumpet on it. Because the, the funny part is like the first time that I showed Desperado to some of the people, they was like, bro, this is never going to work. It's cheesy. You know, the trumpets, it's old school and stuff. And me, I don't know. I had the, the feeling that, yeah, but you're going to see. It's going to work. I think it's coming back. Maybe it's not going to stay. Maybe it's just going to be a trend, but it's going to work. So I found this plugin with some trumpet and I started to play something kind of. It's kind of the, the melody of Desperado. And uh, then from there, I called Gabriel uh, Charrier, our friend who is part of Arcadian. He's an amazing trumpet player. Best one I met in my life. Uh, he had such a huge experience into jazz. Uh, he played with the army. He played at Stade de France for when there is a national anthem and team and stuff. He's a huge guy, really proper musician. And uh, I sent him what I did and I said, I think I want it that way. You know, I was sending some crazy voice notes kind of like doing the trumpet with my mouth and explaining the way I wanted to, to sound. The only party was happening in Tulum and stuff. I decided to send the track with Demaya to Blondish. Blondish started to play it in Tulum. Goes wild, like, wow, what is it? Then Black Coffee played it, then some other big name like Bedouin or whoever I forgot. And um, yeah, this is all the trend started. And this is why after I did like a couple of trumpet Latin track, and it worked really well, like Vamonos, the latest one. Uh, we did top charts and a lot of uh, support from many DJs, big or not, over, overseas and from everywhere. 
and he was insane. And the funny fact is that when Desperado got released and, and famous, a lot of artists started to try to do things with trumpet and things. So that that's funny, actually. But that's cool because I'm not even taking that as copy. I'm taking that as, yo, people are taking kind of inspiration of what you do. So it's it's a really good... Uh, it's it's a really good thing at the end, you know? I take a lot of inspiration. So I was I was talking about him a little bit earlier with my brother Arthur. So he's not my real blood brother, but he's someone I met like long time ago and we kind of had a strong connection straight away that can if he was my real little brother. And we have the same tastes and same vision in, in music and we did like so many things together he's an insane uh, producer and sound engineer too and uh, we both have that inspiration about movies like we take a lot of inspiration about cinematic soundtrack from TV shows movies, uh, video games uh, documentary, whatever you know, every time you watch a movie or something, you, you're thinking that if there wasn't the music behind that scene, the scene would be like, you, you use that, you know what I mean? So the strong emotion, we most of the time take the inspiration from big uh, cinematic soundtrack. And we kind of trying to um, transport that to our vibe, let's say, and uh, it's really, really inspirational. And uh, I believe that for track like Move to a Flame or Reborn, we, if you check a bit the, the atmosphere of the track also behind uh, the way the chords are played and stuff, if you take everything out, you, you are you feeling what I'm saying, like this cinematic vibe, kind of. If you take only the atmosphere and the chords and the strings behind, for example, it's really like uh, cinematic, you know. I would say it's a mix of house music because there is a majority of Afro vibe, but it's not only Afro. There is a bit of melodic. There is a bit of just house music. So I would say it's uh, Afro house melodic, let's say, like uh, if it's the right uh, way to name it. But uh, basically when I don't know how to explain, I would say I'm playing house music because at the end it's house music. It's a there's a lot of type of house music, but basically it's house music, you know, because I'm not focusing on, into only one vibe. I'm not playing only Afro. I'm not producing only Afro. And it's the same for melodic. There's the same for house music. But the big style behind, the big picture is house music. So I believe that we all play house music at the end, you know. So this is the vibe. Like, yeah, I would say house music with some strong Afro or Latin, uh, uh, let's say, uh, touch on it. It's all my life and that's what make me wake up every morning. This, this is what like make me, this is what make me feel alive. It's a bit poetic and, uh, and so easy to say it that way, but that's the truth. That's the truth. That, that's what makes me really happy. Like making music, playing music, walking into music. This, this is why I stopped school when I was young, because this is my life. You know, there is nothing. I mean, there is no better explanation than that. Like music is everywhere. 
if we didn't have music, like uh, how sad world it would be, you know? <laughs> so, like, this is all my life, easily. Giant, the story about Giant. <laughs> At the beginning, we did an instrumental version of it, as usual. And uh, I tried to collaborate with Awen some years ago. We had a good uh, connection uh, together. But unfortunately, the track that we did didn't work that much. It'd been released in the middle of COVID. The label with who we signed at that time, let's say, didn't sell it. That the, did they promote it in the best way? But it's okay, it happens, you know, you learn from your mistakes and everything, everything is an experience. And I always wanted to do, again, a track with her. And I don't know, when we finished the instrumental version of Giant, um, in many parties, events or whatever, strong, uh, strong, strong support and really good feedbacks, even if the track is not released yet. Um, we don't have a release date yet, but that's going to be for this summer for sure. And uh, I have a lot of expectation in that track, regarding like support and streamings and stuff. I, I mean, I don't talk about numbers. I don't ever talk about numbers, but yeah, I believe that it's going to be a, a really cool track that uh, people are going to appreciate it because they already appreciate it. And, you know, like a good test, uh, that's a good tips for young, uh, young artists. A good test is like when you play a track like that, that you have expectation that no one knows because it's not released yet. And there's lyrics on it. And when you play it in a party, whatever, there's 10 people or 10,000. If you see the people acting like they're singing the track, but they don't know the track, you know, because no one knows it. That is a really strong sign. That is a sign that, oh, okay, I have something. Because if people are acting like that, but not one guy or one girl, like you have like some several people who you see enjoying the track and trying to, to sing or actually singing like one part of the track because they already have the loop of the of the vocal, you know, they already got the, the vibe of it so they can sing on it. That's a really strong sign that it's a track that should work. Yeah, to to say the story about it. So I have a lot of expectation on that one. The only thing that I can say that it's gonna be released on Madoras. Madoras is a strong Afro House label from Greece, who recently uh, had a really famous remix from Adam Port. Uh, the name of the track was Your Voice, and the vocal was by uh, Awen, the same singers on uh, Giants. Calamar Crew is like uh, a way to call the, the artists inside Calamar Records, you know? We're kind of a crew, we're kind of a family, more than just a label, uh, like, I don't know, like other labels do. To Not to find, but... He, if I if I if I fell on like a profile that is really interesting, I'm trying to push, you know. I'm trying to push and trying to help them releasing music, finishing project. And this is you know, the motto, the sentence of the label is re rise by lifting others. So the sentence is quite easy when you think about it. You rise when you lift others. We're gonna have some cool things going on in 2023, yeah, I can tell you. My next project, personally, well, uh, I have some strong tracks coming. I mean, I believe that they are strong for this year. 
like some super interested stuff that um, I cannot wait to share with everyone because um, I can't wait to see the reaction of the of the people, you know, because so many tracks that they don't expect it or don't know about it. And uh, let's say that maybe not this summer, but next summer, the, the goal is to, we are trying to work, not trying, we're working on it with my team management, um, the festivals, you know, we're going to go more for the festivals. And uh, I can tell you like a surprise, but this is my main goal. It's not like for next year, for in six months. It's like, I don't know when it's going to happen and if it happens one day, but I'm going to fight for it and give my everything is to go for the Grammys, honestly speaking. Like, I know it's a big stuff. It's almost like unreachable, but I believe also that when you put, you only limit, it's yourself, you know? When you think about something that, no, but this is not possible for me, like it's too hard or something, well, this is what you're saying to yourself. If you're saying to yourself the opposite, why not? So in my DJ set, um, I love to play a, a title called Paris, like the city, by Bund Zappa. It's an EP with another track called Avec Amour, but the stronger one for me, it's Paris. That's one track. Then another dude from the label that I talked about, KJ Zoo, is a track named On My Mind, and it's a really strong Afro house track with kind of a pop uh, top line and uh, singing on it that's really changing and it's a really really good track that I like to play live too um, and I will say as a third I will say Yumi from Notre Dame or uh, Asse from Demaya that it was in Grand Calabar yeah to say three three four tracks mm -hmm. 